0: Hosting a podcast and guesting on a podcast is more than just asking and answering good questions. By mastering your speaking skills, you can wow the host or guest and help create an episode that entrepreneurs are dying to listen to. Today, I'm chatting with Brendan from master talk so that you can rise to the top 1% of communicators in your industry to accelerate your success. Howdy, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal, of course, is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts who have created a successful business through podcasting. Let's take a listen to our chat. guys. I'm super stoked to be having another Canadian with me from Montreal. And I love meeting with other Canadians, especially that work in the US space. And Brandon from Master Your Talk is going to be chatting today about speaking skills. I mean, especially with you know, speaking on stage, obviously, but there's like summits and conferences and obviously podcasts that you really need to brush up on those speaking skills because that's how your authority and your leadership and your personality is and your expertise is being shared. So thanks for joining me.
1: Of course, Lindsay, it's such a pleasure to be on.
0: So we were talking beforehand and like a lot of people do think that speaking skills or, you know, speaking on stage, I mean, is only for like those big keynote speakers, um, in-person events. Um, what say you to that?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my opinion on this, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Lindsay, is communication is the most important skill in our lives yeah. because it impacts every area of life. Yeah, sure, the keynotes, the presentations, yeah, but also the conversations you have with your family the podcast that you guest on, the strangers that you meet the first time at a conference. So it's an amplifier of your dreams. So depending, regardless of what the goal is, it could be starting a bakery, it could be starting a podcast. What communication allows you to do is it's a vehicle that helps you amplify those goals and help you reach them much faster.
0: I love that. And so when, so you must be like super critical every time you see other people like, oh, they're doing it right. Like it, you must be super tuned in. Um, what do you find some of the biggest mistakes are? Um, actually, you know what? Let me backtrack that. So podcasting, obviously you are a guest expert. So there's those skills. And me as a host, would you say that the skill requirement are the same on both sides of the mic? Or is there like different nuances that you should really take part in?
1: absolutely great question so there's two parts to that one is principle and then we'll differentiate between the host and the guest mm-hmm. so the principle is simple there are hundreds of thousands if not millions at this point of podcasts so what is the difference especially in the context of interview-style podcasts, everyone's interviewing the same guest over and over and over Mm. and over again. So what is the difference between the person that you want to listen to versus the person you don't want to listen to? And the difference is perspective and how they communicate that perspective. So one piece is what is the perspective that that host is getting out of that specific guest, even if that guest is on 100 different shows, even in some cases, 1,000 different shows, Lindsay. And the other piece is how is that host communicating that perspective in a way where people go, huh, I really wanna listen to this. Think of Lex Friedman. He's probably a great example of this in the sense that he's not the best communicator in the world, but his perspective is well set out by individuals who are very heavy PhDs very scientific, science communities, and they're addicted to his podcast because they can relate to him yeah. and the community he's built. So that's the reason why communication is so important, especially from a host perspective.
0: I love that. And I never really thought about that because you always think, okay, questions and answer and the material is the material. But my perspective or the way that I'm listening to your tips, I'm going to understand it and interpret it differently. And some things are going to be more important or I'm going to hold more value on certain things than another person is. So each episode is different because of that. That's amazing. I never really thought about it that way.
1: Absolutely. And and a good example of someone who does this exceptionally well, by the way, and then we could talk about the guest side, is Joe Rogan. Like Joe's guests are amazing. Some of them are really hard to get access to and Joe has access because he's Joe. But the other piece is... Joe's reaction to what the person is saying, right? It's not just true. about them speaking because right. po- people want to hear his perspective, but that's not true with most podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Right? A lot of people are like, I don't listen to the show. Cause I don't really hear what the host's perspective. I'd rather listen to a Lewis house episode of the same. Yes, guest.
0: That's true. And I guess some interviews too are more conversational back and forth opinions where some interviews are like literally question and answer, like John Lee Dumas is very like it has been the same platform, exactly. So, yeah, different nuances for sure. Um, so, yeah, going back to the like your principle, perfect. Um, going back to like it as a host or a guest, are there things that are different?
1: Absolutely. So from a host perspective and a guest perspective, the way you prep is is a bit different. So let's start with the host. The host, what I would say, because in my head, the top 1% of hosts who have interviewed me have a very strong competitive advantage over the hundreds of others who fall under the first 1%. What I always tell my clients is nobody remembers second place, right? If I ask you who the world's fastest man is, you might say Usain Bolt. But if I ask you who's the second fastest man, you probably won't (laughs) know. So it's the same thing. So so I think what what would be fascinating for people is what do those one percenters do? I would say there's one big thing from a communication perspective, which is details matter. Details matter. And not just during the interview, but long before that. So what the top 1% of hosts have done with me is they would ask me a question like, how can I make this the best interview you've ever had in your life? This is a question Lewis has. I, I was... Lewis Howes asks. Yes. And what's interesting about this question is it conditions the guest to go, Oh, this is going to be a good interview. So I need to show up oh, better. I need to bring more energy to it. So the communication doesn't start when the first question gets dinged, yeah. but also from the first moment, they have an interaction, whether the interaction mm-hmm. is an email or if it's an in-person conversation before the actual thing.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So it affects the energy of the episode but it also affects what the guest is going to bring to the episode. That's Absolutely. what I'm hearing from
1: that. Yeah. And I can give you an easy example. Let's say, yeah. you, and I've, this has happened so many times, not on this show, but on many. Yeah. that I've been on. <laughs> You literally go like, so what do you do? I was like, so at that point my mind just switches off. Like, so I'm still there. I'm yeah. still showing my full self, but in my mind, I was like, this is definitely not going to be a good show and that you've already lost. But as the host, you don't even know that. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like an indirect lose.
0: True, true. I know. I have gone on shows where they're kind of like, you know, who are you and what you do? I kind of want, why'd you have me on? (laughs) It's like,
1: it's like I'm a baker. Like, I don't know. I know.
0: Seriously. And for me, like as a host, of course, now I'm super self-conscious of what I'm doing because of you. (laughs) But, um, so now I'm able to say that. I know it's not your intention. Um, but like, for me, I think, okay, A, what do I want to know, like, as a podcaster, or a podcast host, but also what is my, because I remember, like, back in the day, when I started my podcast, like, what do I want to know? So I'm, like, trying to think, like, how to pull that information out of the guest. Um, anyway, that's my perspective.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I completely agree with you. And, and let's just not stop with the host, right? Let, let's start criticizing the guest, too. Okay, good. You know, you know, I think I think it's crazy, Lindsay. Insane right? That most podcast guests do not rewatch their tapes. Like Kobe Bryant always says that regardless of whether I won a game or I Mm -hmm. lost a game in basketball, I always watch the tape. I don't think you need to watch all of your guest appearances, but I do think it's important, especially with your top 1% host to review those tapes and go, am I doing this show justice? If I were to Mm -hmm. rethink this question, How can I reiterate, rephrase it in a way that makes sense? Because what a lot of guests do is they go, no, Lindsay, you have to adapt to me. Well, that's not true. We're coming on the platform. We're adapting to your audience, your your audience. It's your platform. We need to make sure that as guests, we're knocking out the bullseye every single time. And that's why it's important as guests to not just review the questions they get asked, but also reflect on if they were to answer that question a second time, a third time or in my case, a 700th time or a 400th <laughs> time to make sure that every time it comes right. out, it comes out perfectly.
0: I like that. And I have seen people where, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I'm kind of interpreting, interpreting it, is that some people, like they kind of know what the questions or topics are ahead of time. So they have like a rote answer and it's like the same thing versus connecting with that other person, hearing how they're asking it, and so delivering it in a slightly different, more authentic way, like that's, is that what you mean?
1: Absolutely. So there's like different levels to this. So I would say the level that you're talking about is now someone has reviewed the questions, mm-hmm. but now their answers are coming off very robotic, mm-hmm. almost kind of like a laundry list. So now it's the next question, the next level, sorry, where you now take the answers that you've prepared and say, how do I communicate these in a way that makes it feel conversational? Right. So notice how like the questions you're asking me, I already know the answers, but I'm not saying like, okay, to speak as a guest, you need to complete these 70 different steps. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't sound like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's practiced as well.
0: Amazing. So what are some of the mistakes that a lot of uh, guests do on
1: shows? Yeah. I mean, so many, I would not say the first much. was, first was definitely not, not thinking about questions. They get, they've gotten asked in previous interviews. Mm-hmm. I would say the second biggest mistake is playing on is not playing off to the host.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: for example, and we talked about this before the show even aired where we see a lot of guests who go, no, 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 this is my framework. We need to talk about this framework versus asking more questions. Like what, what are you trying to take away? What is the main reason that you're interested in having me as a guest mm-hmm. asking more questions yeah. rather than expecting the, the host to adapt to the guest? I think that's a big mistake they make as well. That's a good
0: point for sure. Um, and when we, cause I love your videos on master your talk anyone's out there, go to YouTube, master your talk. It's so amazing. They're so good. Um, like what I probably just said, um, like, should, or I think people, when they think speaking skills, they're like, Ooh, I got to take out those ums and ahs, or there's certain like little markers that, you know, they shouldn't, shouldn't do. Um, can you share some of those? Like, don't worry about that. Or I should be focusing on this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. So, what I would say is from a technique perspective, just because you have the right structure and the right content doesn't mean people want to listen to it right Oh, true. I think about your like your high school teachers, like how much do we actually remember I know. from high school and they're all PhDs, like master degrees and bachelors. Right. So, so, going back to like being a guest, you also have to think about the technique. So, there's a couple of points there, but to keep things simple for today, I would say is definitely the number one mistake I've seen on pods is the, the filler words. You need to get rid of those. So now, how do you do that? The ums, the ahs, the as The trick, Lindsay, is to practice what I call the endless gaze. So, outside of interviews, what I encourage people to do is stare at people that you love for five minutes and don't say a word. Most people can't last that long, even when they're married to the person. Kind of I know. And what this does is it preps you. So when you need to pause, if you don't know the answer to a question, you're able to pause for three seconds and not make it look awkward. So that's one easy thing that people can implement.
0: That is a good tip because some people do feel awkward when there's silence or they're not super quick with an answer or a response where it, it's okay to pause. <laughs>
1: Hundred percent. Like, and, and I can demonstrate a quick example. Let's say you're asking me a question. Typical answer sounds something like this. Um, right. Okay. So, Lindsay, this is actually how I would answer the question. Versus, fantastic questions. So, my perspective on this is. So, notice I'm intentionally slowing down. I'm pausing to buy myself time to be like, okay, how do I answer this question versus the other person using filler words right away to buy time.
0: Right. That is a really good skill. And like when you do it the way that you like, um, or the way that you suggested it, it looks more intentional, like you're, you're thinking it through and it feels more professional. That's a killer tip. What a good juicy stuff do you have for me, Brennan? <laughs> <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> of course, anything for a fellow Canadian. Then the other piece to, to pull on that is giving the appearance with your facial expressions that you do know what you're talking about and not the opposite. So what do I mean by that? So let's say, even if I say filler words, of course, people can't say it on the if you're listening to the podcast, but let's say yeah. you're not smiling as you're answering the question, you look nervous. Well, the host is going to question your credibility. Like so, right? <laughs> That's a great question. Lindsay. So <laughs> what I would say to that is, um, you know, it's important, the communication. So notice how my facial expressions yeah. don't show the confidence versus, you know, I'm paused and I don't know the answer to your question and I'm thinking about it, but I'm still pausing. And I say, that's a great point. Here's what I would say. And you notice in my facial expression that I look really confident. So that's the other piece people need to pay attention to is when you're watching the tapes, you're not just watching the audio version of the tapes. You're watching the actual video where you did your interview with the host.
0: That is killer. And you have a good way with you. (laughs) You have a great way of explaining things. Um, Which is also practice. You're making me self-conscious. So for podcasters i find that a lot of people are very nervous when they start out as a guest they feel yeah who hasn't i was scared crapless <laughs> i was petrified and i think like what can you do to help prepare yourself ahead of time versus you know practice with a friend uh, and kind of brush up those skills so that you don't bomb on your first two episodes. I mean, granted, they're not going to be perfect, and you have to get over that. But what can you do before you even start?
1: Absolutely. So notice how I pause. No, I'm kidding. It is so great, <laughs> great question, Lindsay. The probably one of the best questions you've asked today is how do you prep? And let me start by saying, and I know you are reacting to that as well. I stunk on my first couple of shows. Oh, In yeah. fact, I was so bad. I called into the interview. I didn't even know you were supposed to have a headset. So I got on the call and he's like, why are you using your phone? I was like, to talk to you. <laughs> he said, uh-huh. uh, and he just went with it because he was a friend and he had like five episodes. Yeah. And then I learned later that, oh, I should invest a few hundred dollars to like buy yeah. a headset. Or, or a nice and, mic. But like, <laughs> yeah, you got a nice mic there so even and then he asked me questions I didn't know the answer to. He was like, "Where does the fear of commu- communication come from?" And I was like,, uh, my mom's basement. I like I didn't know how to answer any of these points. So trust me, I come from a place of empathy here. I totally stunk. Mm-hmm. And then over time, the only reason I'm great at podcast interviews, and at least I hope, is because I've done them so many times that yeah. there isn't a question I don't have an answer to anymore. But, That's actually the secret. So there's an exercise I call the question drill, which for me is if you're nervous, nervous, always do the harder thing. So all you have to do, Lindsay, is get a group of really pessimistic, critical people in your life who also (laughs) want to see you win. So it's an odd combination. And their only job for a few hours is to break you. So essentially what they do is they ask you a bunch of questions about your expertise that you didn't think of and you have to answer on the spot. But what's nice about this exercise is if you don't know the answer, you can ask them back and say, what do you think? And then after a few hours of doing that with your pals, make it fun, have some pizza or vegetarian pizza, whatever you're into. And then after a few hours, you become bulletproof. So now you'll notice that I'm very relaxed on an interview. It doesn't look like I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. And the reason is not an accident. It's not because Brendan's special or just because <laughs> he coaches on communication. It's because I've ran the play so many times yeah. that, I've, I, that I've learned to be relaxed.
0: I love that. And being relaxed is, is key because people can feed off that nervous energy or you can tell when someone is like a newbie or uncomfortable. I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and I, I knew he hadn't been on a lot of shows, but I really liked his topic. And so I was like, Oh, I don't know. but as soon as he came on, he was like comfortable and relaxed and confident. And it's like, just, you know, went with the answers. I was like, kudos, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, but for ev- not everyone, it doesn't come naturally. So and how it do you it get, how do you get over that? Because it's like the fear of speaking, right? How do you get over that fear and that initial like, oh.
1: Absolutely. It's a great point. And, and what I would say to that is it's all about fear versus message. So mm. for me, it's never about removing the fear of communication. Trust me, if I had, a, if I had an interview book with Joe Rogan, I'd be shaking my my pants, okay? <laughs> yes. Like there's no, oh yeah, I'm just gonna have a beer with the guy. Another and, uh, person. Yeah, it's just another dude and then you have some mistakes. Like, this is, I mean, that would be cool. But that that's the point. We all get nervous. The fear yeah. will always be there. But what I'll say is the goal is not to remove the fear, but rather make sure it always loses to the message. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Here's an easy analogy to figure this out. Let's say we got a boxing match, let's say. On one side of the boxing ring, you have your fear, right? the anxiety, The stress around communication. Oh, what happens if I get on this podcast and I bomb, right? And then the other side is the message. Why are we on this podcast? Why are we delivering this message? Why is it important to the people we want to serve? So you want to make sure that when these two people get into the ring, your fear and your message, that your message gets the knockout punch every single time. That is how you win over your fear. And I'm the best example of this. I started mass talking in my mom's basement. I was 22 years old, three years ago, right? So who am I to share communication tips with the world? But what pushed me to get better on podcasts, to figure this stuff out years later, had nothing to do with the fear because I didn't want to press record. It was because of the 15-year-old girl who couldn't afford me. If I don't post videos, who else is going to serve that girl? Mm -hmm. That's how I was able to push through the fear.
0: I love that. And it's almost playing into your why as well and focusing on like your expertise and what, you know, that's exactly a little bit like what I do with videos. Cause I'm always petrified of videos. I hate doing them. You may not think it, but I always think, okay, if I'm helping someone, if the tip, you know, serve someone in some way, then I'll, I'll get over the fear and I'll do it mm. anyway. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And, and there's, I love that. And the two other layers I would add on top of that is Taki Moore, one of our business coaches says it so well, he says, your why generally starts with your who. So mm. figure out who that person is. But the other piece that nobody does, it shocks me, meet the who, like have dinner with the who, go play ping pong with the who, get to know the who. Like, it's, I don't just say 15-year-old girl, even if it sounds that way. I know the 15-year-old girl, right. right? It's like, I, I've seen her face go red when she does communication. I see the yes. stress on her face. And I also see that when she, she can't afford a speech coach, and I'm her only alternative, right? Because I'm, I'm in my 20s. She's the person who will relate to me. Even if today my clients are c suites and they're execs and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I didn't start MasterTalk for them. Right. I started for her,
0: right? And that's the key. I love that. And that really does help push that fear away because you're, you're playing into the bigger picture Absolutely. And, and what you're motivated by. Amazing. So before we go, give me one more quick tip for how to be a great podcast host because I'll take that to my next episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, one thing podcast hosts could do more is asking for feedback. And asking powerful questions during that feedback process. So it would be something like, if there's one thing that you would change in my approach, what would you change and why? Mm. And as you have more conversations with people, that explains, in my opinion, why Lewis House is such a God-tier interviewer. He's, he's so obsessed with every detail yeah. that he stands in a league of his own versus other interviewers. And that's why I pretty much listened to like hundreds of his episodes yeah. because he has that focus. And, and this is something a lot of posts can learn from him is how do you obsess over every little detail and how do you ask the right questions during a feedback process with the people who come on your show so you can make it 10, hundred times better.
0: And I guess that's really letting your ego to the side, which is hard to do sometimes. <laughs> Very and hard. a little bit of that imposter syndrome, you don't want to seem like you're lesser than you know what you carry across um, publicly. It's hard to do. Absolutely. Drop the ego. How can people find more speaking tips so they can crush their podcasts as a host or a guest, get over their fear? and dial in their speaking
1: yeah absolutely so there's two easy ways the first one lindsay is definitely the youtube channel all you have to do is type master talk in one word and you'll find it and of course if you want free coaching from me and you want to attend one of my free trainings you can register for that at rockstarcommunicator.com.
0: fabulous and you are a rock star for sure this has been such a fun chat You've made me feel a little bit out of my comfort zone, but that's okay. It's all the name of me improving and the listeners is improving. So I'll have to get some feedback from you after, <laughs> uh, after I hit the record stop. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining.
1: Thank you, Lydza.
0: And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.